I try to look at things just a different way. Like I'm not trying to break them in any way. I just trying to bend them a little bit and say, it doesn't have to just be this. And, and I understand, you know, I, for 20, you ask John or ask anyone in town for 20 years, I made cheese pizzas. What's happening? What's good, though? It's your boy, Idrif. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, in case you're wondering. And if you're new to the show, welcome. This podcast is all about leveling up your pizza game. And today, we are leveling up our understanding of elevated pizza. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think we necessarily mentioned those words at all in this podcast, I think it embodies the entire conversation. I mean, what else would you talk about with Chris Decker? He is the mentee of John Arena and a partner over at Metro Pizza. Over 20 years ago, Chris made a decision that pizza was it. And to this day, he is still working the pizza line with his pizza brothers and sisters. And... In that process, he's also opening up a wood-fired concept with Metro Pizza. In this episode, we talk about making things beautiful, and you'll find out what that means later on. We talk about which two flowers he blends so that he can get a superior wood-fired pizza that can be taken to go. We also talk about his mentors and the inspiration he gets from fine dining. And last but not least, we talk about the amazing pizza art that's on his Instagram page. Oh my goodness. Such a unique person. Such a creative person. This is such a dope episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. But first, let me say thank you to our sponsor. Shout out to Uni for sponsoring this show. I'm getting ready to fire up my oven this weekend, and it is going to be one hell of a time making great pizza at home. This beast of an oven is also super versatile, so you can take it anywhere, especially if you want to, you know, get into the pizza pop-up game. Go for it. If you want to create pizzas at home without having to fire up the wood-fired oven, go for it. If you use the special link in my description at no extra cost to you, I get a bit of a kickback commission, whatever you want to call it. So thank you in advance for doing that. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, Doe? Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> How are you? Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. <sighs> I appreciate you for being here. I know you're a busy dude, and I'm so excited to talk to you, share your story, learn from you a bit. But first question, there's no right or wrong answer. What's good, though? <laughs> Man, everything. I think the world is uh, getting better. So uh, that's that's the first and foremost, I think that's the, the best thing that's happening. Uh, just being out and about, it feels better. Um, hopefully, people are acting better and treating each other with respect a little bit more. And we realized what we lost over this past year. And uh, hopefully this will make us better people. That's what's good. Yeah. It was a rough 2020 uh, for some, you know, some aspects of it, other aspects, great. But yeah, just the world shutting yeah. down was a little rough for me. Yeah. I learned a lot, you know, I learned a lot. And uh, I think we all needed it, you know, as crazy as it sounds, we all needed it. 
we definitely we didn't need all the death and the destruction, but we needed a, a reset, you know. And I think I hope we'll be a better, you know, better world because of it. I hope so. That's a great point. This is our time to shine. This is our time to like reel it all in and, and, and be better. For sure. Uh, I love that. This is our time to shine. This is our moment to grasp. This is such a great time to be in pizza. All the innovation. I do want to tell you that we have to talk about like the pizzas that you're putting out, the the beautiful art pieces. So uh, don't don't okay. let me forget that. But before we get there, how did you get started in pizza? I'm born and raised in upstate New York. Um, so it was kind of in my blood. I was really lucky to kind of grow up in an Italian, uh, not necessarily neighborhood, but there was a lot of Italians uh, very, very close to me. So I grew up eating pizza. You know, I remember, uh, you know, back growing up, there used to be like a store that my dad would go to get pork and my, a store that he would go to get bread and all of those different things. And I would always go with him and we would always get a slice of pizza at each place. They all had something different, you know, and a lot of Italian bakeries. And, you know, I just grew up eating it. And when we went out to eat, we went out to get pizza and we went out to get pasta and all of those things. And uh, uh, it's always been very, very dear to my heart. My dad always made pizzas on Friday nights as a kid growing up. Uh, just for fun. You know, he just liked it. And uh, I think it's kind of a way that I honor him and, uh, and honor how I grew up and how I was raised. I just, um, you know, people all the time tell me, tell me, you know, and, and John says it too. And it's interesting that people say it to him and they say it to me, and I'm sure they say it to a lot of people. Like, what are you going to do? Make pizzas forever? Like, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. It still has like kind of a weird stigma about it. Like people are like, you know, it's like a third rate thing or something like you can't possibly have a career making pizza, but um, you can, you know, if you just like anything else, if you really, really care about it and you really, you know, love what you do, you can make a career out of it. And, uh, and, and luckily enough, I, I have. I love that. When you say John, you're talking about John Arena from Metro Pizza. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long have you been working with him? Uh, since 1997, uh, I came out here to go to UNLV. And then um, I didn't want to go home one summer. I ended up staying here and uh, they were looking for a, a bus or something. I, I, I forget what it is. I think it was. And I went and applied because I made pizzas in upstate New York um, for a little bit. And um, so I was like, well, I'll go, go there. And it seems like, you know, as a family run pizzeria. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's, you know, that's what I love. And uh, that's what I'm used to. And uh, I went and I, John interviewed me and I started that day. And uh, he threw me right on the pizza line. And, uh, you know, kind of the rest is history. I, I've told this story a couple of times where John would stretch. I'd tap and his dad worked the oven. And uh, just being in the middle of that and like kind of seeing them bicker at each other and stuff, it was always kind of funny. And uh, to see John's dad like correcting him and showing him, you know, you, you just, I kind of, you kind of crave that, you know, and once you see it and you're like, you know, I'm sure John is, thinks it's crazy that I would like, I find happiness in watching his dad break his balls, but it wasn't like, it, like in a negative way. It was like in a coaching, like you can be better way, you know? And I was like, wow, this is, you know, I, I really, really dig that family atmosphere about, it, you know, and, um, and, and I've just, I've learned so much from, you know, just being in them, in the, around them, you know? And I, I, I say that all the time too, just surround yourself with greatness. I, I, I just try to and hope some of it rubs off. You know, you're going to learn something from everybody. I try to just listen a lot when they're talking. And uh, I'm normally kind of quiet. I'll, I do more talking on Instagram than I do in real life. Like I just kind of just absorb everything. And like that other voice in me is the one that's on Instagram. Like that's everything but anchovies. And like, really, I'm, 
I'm kind of quiet and like shy and would, I'm actually horrible at public speaking. So once you're like, they see that record button is on, I'm like, oh yeah, I see it. Now I'm nervous, you know? There's definitely a benefit to just shutting up and listening. Yeah. Because if you're talking, you can't absorb the greatness that's around you. And I think it's so dope that you have a mentor like John Arena. What's like the most important thing you learned working from him that should be shared to all the listeners now? Yeah, you know, it's it's really super, super simple. And and I don't know, you know, I don't want to offend anybody or anything, but we say it all the time to each other and it starts with giving a shit, you know? And I don't know if I'm supposed to swear or not, but, and, you know, we kind of turned it into make it beautiful. That was the way we would say, give a shit. Uh, but no matter what you're doing, the way you answer the phone, the way you hold the door for somebody, the, you know, whatever it is, make it beautiful. And that was our way of like, kind of like the PG version or the G version was just make it beautiful of giving a shit. But that's the most important thing. There's so many people that just don't, right? They'll walk past garbage on the ground or they won't hold the door for somebody or they won't. They're just going through life like that is not the way. And uh, I've learned that. Uh, I was already kind of on that path anyway, just try to, you know, leave it better than you found it type path. But being with John and paying attention to those things day after day after day after day, all of these years, that everything matters and give a shit about what you do is like the most important thing I think that I've learned. And it's a super, super simple thing. Once you wire your brain to do that, you know, and a lot of people do, but it's like, do you really, or are you doing it from nine to five? You give a shit in like the rest of the day, you're like, oh, hum. And he's really good about that with saying, if you work for us and you don't, you're not automatically going to go somewhere else and do, you know, you're not automatically going to be better when you go somewhere else, either you're that type of person or you're not. And uh, so I, I just try to look, kind of live by that, you know, and, uh, and, just, and just be better, you know, be better than the next person, be better than the last person. And, and not better is like, I'm better than you, just being a better person, having the right attitude and the way you approach certain things. And uh, I think that's the most important thing I've learned. Wow. Give a shit, make it beautiful, either or it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, it, it, it it makes sense. Like when you really think about it and, you know, I, I've been blessed to be around a lot of people in this town and I try to take a little bit from everything. I had a, a buddy of mine that was the general manager at Bouchon. So he's dealing with Thomas Keller, you know, at least monthly. And he told me something probably 10 or 12 years ago that really stuck with me. Thomas would go around and inspect every inch of the restaurant and say he would wipe a counter. And if there was dust on it, he would show it to him and say, is this acceptable? And you're screwed either way. If you say yes, you're not the right person. And if you say no, he's going to ask you why it's like that. And that is giving a shit, you know? And it, it's really interesting. That stuck with me for all these years. And like, you know, I, I'm constantly like looking around going, ah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't walk in here right now because <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Have you always been, you said that you were, kind of on that track before was it hard to go from like uh partially on that track to being fully on that track of giving a shit um you know I think there was a port, part in my life and a point in my life where you know I was just a bad kid like I just had a bad attitude and a lot of that had to do with I think I wasn't that good in school and I couldn't like learn the way they were teaching me and it was like I went to a very like organized very like old school school um, growing up in like, uh, you know, like a middle-class neighborhood, but like old school teachers. And it was like their way or no way. And there was like no culinary school at that point. And it was like, you either had to do this or you're never going to amount to it. And like, I just had a really bad attitude. And then I found sports 
And that kind of changed like the way I thought about this. And it was like, I'm actually doing something. And there's a coach telling me that I'm doing good or doing something right. Instead of a teacher telling me that I'm never going to learn. And I think once I found sports and then, you know, that coaching rather than like, it's this way or no, no way. Um, I think that's when I started to get on like the right path, you know? So it was like 10th grade up until 10th grade, I was a knucklehead. You know, I was a jerk. I was like, you know, I had a bad attitude. I just wasn't a, you know, necessarily a nice person. And then all of a sudden, like it just changed. But a nice person now, I try to be that way. But like, I just saw that there's a different way instead of being surrounded with like negativity and you're never going to get this was like, you got this, you're going to be okay. Let's go. You know? And I think that's, really important especially like i'm 46 years old and i still remember people telling me you're never going to do shit you know and that still kind of pushes you and drives you to be better you know and uh hopefully you know i try to you know make all of those people proud that told me that you could do something you know so uh i found my thing and uh just give it all i can yeah you are rocking it over there and i think <laughs> um it it sounds like to me you know you resonate well with coaches and John, as a mentor, could also be seen as a coach. And exactly. Yeah. And I just wanted to see if you had any advice for people who may not have a, a mentor or a coach in life. Yeah. You know, well, John will probably hate this, but call him. You know, he loves talking to people. <laughs> you know, he loves being that person, you know. Um, but, you know, in, in all seriousness, if you don't, you know, it doesn't have to be with like with your job. You know, I don't, a lot of people don't know this, but he's like a karate, like wizard. He's got like more black belts than, you know, like he, he had an outlet and he had someone that coached him, you know? So I think that that's really important. Find, you know, find it in something and something else. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your job. I was lucky enough to find that, um, with something that I, I do 24 hours a day to have someone like that. But, you know, if you don't, and you have another hobby and it, whether it's, you know, karate or, you know, raising plants or whatever, go, you know, and find some something that you really, really dig and find someone that really, really likes what you like and, you know, just learn the way. I think that's, you know, that's the most important thing is, you know, John's always said that too, to leave it better than what he found in that. And I mentioned that and like, hopefully the people that really care about what they're doing feel the same way about whatever it is that they do, whether you're an auto mechanic or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, find something, some, something and somebody in that field that can help you it's, be a better person. It's that simple. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, it might take you a hundred times, but you know, it, it's hard to click with somebody. We just happen to click, you know, John and I, that's but not everyone's like that. It might take you four or five, six people before you find it, but you'll find it. You know, it's important to, to have that. I, I want to say uh, that it's fortunate that you clicked with him so early on. Um, yeah. Do you think that it was the pizza, just the atmosphere that kept you at Metro for so long? I mean, I was kind of doing the math and it's been like over 20 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like kind of like we talked about, but I guess uh, I like, you know, I like having a job to go to every day. I was never the kind of person to go somewhere else for a dollar here, a dollar there. Like when I was getting like a, a wage like that, I haven't had to worry about a paycheck since 1997. Luckily, like not a lot of people can say that. And it's not that I'm driven by money, but I'm driven by consistency. People tell me all the time, how, you know, you're going to be there forever. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You know, that's the, that's what I chose. You know, I can't look back and say, I wish I would have done this. Do I wish I would have learned other cooking styles and other cooking techniques and all that stuff? Probably, but you know, I got time. I'm not, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I can still learn things. I just, I liked where I'm at and I'm comfortable 
when I'm at, you know, a lot of people that comfortable being comfortable is what makes them crazy, but being comfortable kind of makes me strive to be better in, in, in a weird way. It, it, they're always saying, if you're comfortable, you're not, you know, pushing yourself and all this. I push myself every day to be, to be better. Every day is a new challenge. It's just, I'm in a comfortable surrounding and, uh, and especially here, I never really thought about going to work at a casino or anything like that because, uh, I never wanted to be just a number. I wanted to be like, you know, have my voice mean something, and, you know, exchange ideas with people. And at those places, it seems like you don't do that. You're just a number and you come in and punch in and punch out. And that was never my thing. What is your role now for Metro Pizza? Well, I'm a, a managing partner. So, you know, there's a lot of decision making. So that's good. You know, like I said, John and I talk every day and, uh, you know, we discuss all aspects of our business every day. And, you know, he's busy doing his things and I'm busy doing mine, you know? And um, so that's what makes it interesting. Like I just got a different tomato from Stanislaus the other day and I'm like, let's just try it and see what happens. And, you know, hopefully he likes it. That's one thing about John too, that I, I have to, that I really admire. I'm like, are you setting your ways on X, Y, or Z? Like whatever it is. Like, I'm like, are, do we have to use this? And he's like, no. He's like, show me something else. And then I will. And then we go from there. And like, that's one thing he's not. So, and, and you've talked to him. So he's like, one of his favorite stories is when people are like, your pizza tastes the same as it did when I was a kid. And he's like, God, I hope not. I hope it doesn't, you know, I've changed in 40 years, you know? So the, the evolution, and I think him keep trying and pushing like where he might, a lot of people might think he's settling down. He's not, you know, he's still going and trying to progress and, and be progressive and do more things and try different things. So that's a lot of our day-to-day is me saying, what about this and what about that? And his is putting the karate block on this, <laughs> the karate block on that and saying, just focus and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an awesome dynamic. And it seems like he's very respectful of your choices. Was it, um, when did you become a managing partner over there? Uh, a long time. Uh, I was, you know, shortly after I started, I became a manager. And I wasn't sure like how that was going to, to be. I was like, I don't know if I'm really cut out to be like a boss. I open the line every day. I work through lunch and I work dinner and then I go home and I love being in the trenches with those guys. I love that camaraderie. They understand what it means if one person calls out or if one person doesn't feel well, how somebody else has to step up and work together. And I think that's what being like the manager or a manager or a partner or anything in life is about is kind of holding it all together and you know, making it everyone be the best that they can. What do you love so much about being on the line? Is it the simplicity? Is it the consistency? What is it? Selfishly, a lot of it is control. I listened to an interview a long time ago um, with Chris Bianco when he was making pizzas all the time. And he made every pizza when he walked to his restaurant. And he said to whoever was interviewing him, I don't remember, the restaurant is like my house. And I'm inviting you over for dinner. So I'm making you dinner. I wouldn't have somebody else make you dinner in my house. And that really stuck with me, you know, but I've always been like that. I've always been on the line and I've always been on the line all day. And it's where I'm most comfortable. So if I'm here, I'm making pizza for sure. <laughs> Are, is it, am I correct that you're opening up a new restaurant for yourself? Is, is that what I heard through the grapevine from John? The pandemic kind of put a damper on that. I want it. I've always, always, always wanted a wood-fired pizzeria. I think uh, there's just something about that wood fire that I, I, I'm so attracted to and I love. And I think it's super, super sexy. And I love it. 
And, um, you know, before all of this happened, that, that was the plan. Everyone thought, you know, we saw how important takeout is and, and all of those things. So it kind of changed my vision on that. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's still going to happen. I just need to, we just kind of need to rework it and figure out what's going to work best. Um, luckily, you know, we've kind of formulated a dough that does travel well. We all know, you know, wood-fired pizza doesn't always taste all that great to go. Um, but, you know, I'm not making Neapolitan pizza. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I know that that's definitely not supposed to be to go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and everyone's done great with that. No disrespect to anyone with that. You know, we all had to do what we had to do to, to make to get through this. But we all know pizza doesn't taste the best coming out of a box. So that's the hardest thing um, for me to come to reality to with with this new place. So you're not making Neapolitan pizza, but you are making you're you are testing wood fired pizza and you're putting it in a box and you said you adapted it a bit so that it can be sustainable in a box. What adaptations did you make? Well, we mixed a little bit of like kind of what we do here with our New York style pizza, mixed it with a little of the caputo. And, uh, you know, so it still has um, the qualities of, you know, of like a fired pizza, but it has the strength of like a New York pizza. Um, and that will allow it to travel a little bit better, you know, a little bit. Of course, it's best coming out of the oven. We all know, you know, it, there's nothing better. <laughs> Could you give me like a, a sample recipe perhaps? Um, because I, I work with, uh, you know, like an uni in the back and it's not wood fired, but it gets that hot. And I feel like I'm having issues with, um, with exactly that is that if I wait five minutes for it to cool, it, it becomes this kind of stale piece of cardboard. And, and I'm not really liking that vibe. Yeah. You know, I, that's just pizza in general it's meant to be eaten pretty fast. The, the dough that I'm, I'm using when we do wood fired is um, we're using a little bit of the tipo uno from Caputo. And I really like that. One, I like the look of it where you can see a little bit of that uh, wheat in the dough kind of absorbs all that water and it makes it a little bit softer. And uh, I've used just our New York style, like our regular pizza dough in a wood fired oven. It's just not it's not for that. We use uh, Supreme High Gluten. So um, it's just not meant to be in a wood-fired oven. Like it just, it cooks way, way too fast. And, uh, you know, the bottom gets super, super dark way too fast. And you just spend 90% of your time doming it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, once we found that formulation with the Tipo Uno, it, uh, it definitely helped out. So you're mixing the Tipo Uno and the General Mills Supreme. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And you can also, uh, I've screwed around a little bit with the Caputo Americana and the Tipo Uno also. Um, and that works just as well, just as good. What hydration would you recommend? We're about 68, somewhere around there, 65 to 68. Uh, I know people get all hyped up on 80% and all that stuff. I, I don't know, maybe I'm not that talented. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I love seeing those, you know, the big holes and crumb structure and all that stuff. But, um, you know, for me, as far as the amount of pieces that we put out here and the way that we've done our dough for so long, uh, it just doesn't work for us. Like, um, we don't let it rest and, you know, auto lease and all that other, we cut it and roll it and throw it in the walk-in and five days later, it, you know, the magic app, uh, during that time. And, I guess it's still time, but it's not really hands-on time of like, okay, putting it on the bench, letting it rest, then rolling and all that stuff. Like for us and our business model, it just doesn't work. Um, I know that I do like the dough better when we do take our time and do the release and all those things. But as far as our business model, it just doesn't work for us here. 
Um, so I understand why people do it. And I, I give them all the credit in the world because I'm not that patient. <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, is it time? Is it time? Can we eat now? Can we do this? I'm just with my, you know, the way I, and I, it's just the way I've been conditioned. You know, we make the dough and we roll it and we, as soon as it's done, we put it in the walk-in and then that's when the magic happens. And that's, that's that time that it takes to develop rather than, you know, it resting on the bench or, you know, in, in bulk ferment or whatever. You're saying you're not a patient person, but you have a five-day dough process essentially. So it's kind of contradictory, but I, I totally get what you're saying. It, it's simpler. <laughs> well, yeah. And well, you know, and it's funny because going with the Sicilian, like people call me a lot and ask me about Sicilian and how to do it and how to do this. And, and like the most important thing is, is time, you know? And, and that's one thing that I'm patient about. It's, it's like, I'm, I have selective patience, I guess, <laughs> because, uh, you know, that one, it, it's kind of like the same thing where like, I, I literally, I pan them out. It's the last thing I do before I leave, but then I go home and I go to bed. And then when I come in in the morning, they're proof. So it's like, it, it, it's not like I'm sitting here, like waiting and looking at them. I'm, I'm home and asleep. So it, it's not really affecting, but if I was here, I'd be like constantly looking, picking up every day and every hour and looking to see if they, were, if they were doing what they were supposed to do. But this way works better for me. So like I said, I have selective patience for sure. Ah, so I'm not the only person like constantly like my, uh, micromanaging my dough and I'm waiting for it to proof. It's like you would do it too if, if you weren't sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think we all do that, you know, every, you know. Everyone wants to peek at it and see what's happening and look at the bubbles. Like you see on Instagram, right? Everyone's posting, you know, they're like, here's where it was yesterday. Here's where it is today. Like, uh, like we just geek out on stuff like that. It's, it's bizarre, but you know, everyone's got their thing that turns them on and ours is fermentation. <laughs> Seriously. I, I just, I love watching it. And sometimes I just, I just want to watch it while I'm sleeping. I'm, I want to do a camera setup so that I can see what's going on while I close my eyes. Have you ever done that or anything? Yeah. No, but you know, you know who is wild with that is Derek Sanchez. Mm, He's like putting stuff under microscopes and like watching cell development and like, it's wild. And he's, you know, he's really, really an amazing person. He was the first person that I knew that really, really like broke it down like that. And now it seems to be like a lot of people are, you know, it just, he was just before his time. He he was just doing it way before I, I had heard of anyone else doing anything like that. And really like breaking down every dough process and you know, if I do this, what happens if I wait five more minutes on this? And if I do that, and he was like breaking it down and looking under, like literally looking under a microscope. And that's to me, like, he's a wizard, you know, he's a wizard. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me to get him back on the podcast again. I I got a request recently to get him back on and he was just amazing to talk to the first time. And so, yeah, you know, he, he understands what's happening with that dough where we, we can make something happen with the dough. He understands why it's happening. You know, and not a lot of people have that. I definitely, you know, that's more of like the school part of it where I'm like, yeah, I just don't have that. I'm not wired that way. You know, it's just not part of what I do. Yeah, no, I I get that. And you're more like, this is what I know. I can feel it. I can touch it and know when it's ready. Is that right? Yeah. And and he knows why, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's important to know the why and hopefully I'll have the the patience to sit down one day and, you know, read a book and <laughs> like more than five pages and then put it down because I'm on to the next thing. But hopefully, you know, one day I can, you know, he's one person that I listen to when I do get to talk with him because he he does break it down for you. And, and, and you get to see a whole 
other world uh, of pizza making when you talk to him. It's really, really interesting. Going back to that listening, being a good listener. I love it. My question for you, now that I kind of have a better understanding of kind of your thought process, um, I want to go a little bit deeper into that because it's like, how do you think about the pizzas that you create? Because kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, I see you as like one of the best pizza artists out there. I don't even know if that's what you're going for, but you're just putting art on a plate every single day, crushing it. I'm so amazed every time you post a post, every time you post a photo, where's the inspiration behind that? How do you get it all done? Show, <laughs> tell me as much as you can, please. You know, first of all, thank you. Like I, I kind of struggle with that too. Like every day I'm like, I, I, I don't want it to come off like, like I'm showing off or anything like that. that like that's not anyone who really knows me knows that that's not me. Like I'm not doing it to get praise or like even for likes or whatever. If I wanted, you know, I could buy likes if I cared about the likes or, you know, or followers or whatever. I don't, you know, that I just, I do it. It does feel nice when people say that. So thank you. And, and I, I want to put good into the world, you know, and I want to brighten someone's day or make someone happy or make somebody hungry or say, wow, look what he did with, you know, whatever, whatever it is, almonds, you know, whatever the hell it is. And I just, I try to look at things just a different way. Like, I don't think I, I, I respect and appreciate all like the rules of pizza. And I'm not trying to break them in any way. I just trying to bend them a little bit and say, it doesn't have to just be this. And, and I understand, you know, I, for 20, you ask John or ask anyone in town for 20 years, I made cheese pizzas that's still my favorite pizza out of anything that I create or do or whatever the cheese pizza is still my favorite you know so I I don't necessarily know where that vision comes from a lot but I'm fascinated 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 by fine dining I love the attention to detail I love the sacrifice that they make I love the plating techniques um, and in this town there's so many so many so many great chefs that I've like look to and follow and, and, and be inspired by that kind of comes from, not that I'm trying to, you know, make a three Michelin, but I want you to just look at pizza and be like, it doesn't necessarily have to be this. It could be that, you know, it's an, it's an edible canvas and to be able to create, I guess, art or whatever every day is, you know, it kind of pushes me, you know, I, I, I need, you know, like I said, I was making cheese pizzas for 20 years. I just needed an outlet to get what was out, what was in, inside of me out. To me, it's just when people say, oh, it made me so happy what you did today or what you posted. It was just amazing. Like, that's what drives me. I, I, want, I want to put good out into the world. There's so much bad and so much negativity. And I was like, if someone says, I can't watch the news anymore, I want to see what Chris posted today, that would be like the highlight of my day. <laughs> you know, people say all the time, it's not work. You know, I'm at work, but I'm not, you know, it's not work to me. It's just, I'm, I'm having fun, you know, and uh, that, that's what it is. Some of the, some of the things are crazy. Sure. You know, some of the things never work in a million years. They would just don't, people don't get it or it doesn't, you know, to them, it doesn't sound right or taste right or whatever. And I understand that it's not going to be for everybody, you know, but to me, that's what makes the world go around. You need something to kind of shake things up a little bit every once in a while and look at things a different way. And it doesn't always have to be straight line you know? Oh, I love that so much. I love that it's a creative outlet for you. I love that you have such an interest in fine dining. Is the restaurant that you kind of had your eye on building the, the wood fired, will it have those Chris Decker creations, the, you know, the, the not straight line pizzas? Sure. 
I, I always wanted to have on a menu a pizza and it just was a certain price and it just said, trust me, you could do something like that and, and pull it off. You know, I had these pea tendrils or I had, you know, this salami, you know, do, and to me, that's like exciting. You know, people, companies will send product and they're like, what can you do with it? And, you know, who, who doesn't want like that? That's the exciting part. Like to try to make it interesting and try to make it edible and beautiful at the same time. Like that's, that's challenging, you know? And, uh, and, and I, and I like that. So yes, you know, it's definitely gonna have that. I, I know like I do, I've been lucky enough to do some pop-ups and I, and I do some, you know, some different pizzas, I guess, but I always make sure to have a cheese and a pe- I always have the margarita and I always have pepperoni because there's just going to be people that like that. I like that, <laughs> you know, but I also know people are going to want, you know, whatever it is. The one that I'm doing recently is like a whole bunch of roasted vegetables and like romesco and, and like those little Basque peppers. Like to me, it's not that crazy, but people will view it as crazy. Like there's still tomatoes and romesco sauce, right? So it's still tomato sauce and cheese and vegetables, like it's still pizza to me. <laughs> it's just presented in a different way. Just a quick comment. I went to State of Mind last year, Lars. Lars. And, you know, he saw me, we were chatting it up and he brought me out a pizza and he was like, oh yeah, I just got some squash blossoms in. I put some broad on top. Uh, It's not on the menu. I just, you know, I was just messing around and seeing if I can make this taste great. It was one of the best pizzas I've ever had. And and what you were telling me. So talented. Yeah. He's so, so talented. He really is. And I, 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 go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, it's just, I love it when, when people kind of just not mess around, but like try to create something, right? And and kind of, I guess, uh, make it like a, if you've listened to Santa Barbara Baker's, make it like a soul cook, you know, just kind of like grooving with it, um, seeing what you can put out there. You know, and I think, you know, growing up, we all, you know, your mom or your aunt or your grandma or whoever, you know, raised your, you know, however it was, everyone, they all had something where they're like, well, I don't know what the hell this is. I just, I had a whole bunch of stuff and I threw it together. And it was like, probably like the most delicious thing you've ever had. And you're like, and then they can never make it again because it's like what they had. It, it's like, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. Like people say, can I get this? Can I get this? Well, they'll, they'll come into the restaurant and they'll show me something from like six months. Ago. And I'm like, well, first of all, you know, six months, like, no, I don't have those things anymore. Like, you know, I try to use what's in season. And I try to use what I have right now. And everything that I post, I try to have for that whole week. Sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't like, I just kind of wing it, you know, and like, I'll just get on a thing and I'll just roll with it. And I think that that's interesting what you said about Lars, because I have that same kind of mentality. Like I have these and I have that, like, what can we, what can we do with that? Like all, in all honesty, we, I'm sitting in the bakery that we had, we had to close it during the pandemic. And I had all of these like slivered almond from croissants and all that. That's how I made the romesco sauce for the, the pop-up that I'm doing next week. Like, I'm, I'm like, I have all these almonds. Like, what am I going to do with that? That's how I ended up with the romesco. And I'm like, well, romesco, if I do like a whole bunch of vegetables, that'll be cool. And then like, it just kind of like steamrolled. And that's exactly how that happened. You know, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, I have this like romesco sauce and pizza. Like I had all these almonds and I needed something to do with them. That's so cool that you just get super creative with it. Do you eat sushi? I love it. You love yes. it? I'd eat it every day if I could. Have you ever had like um, this thing called omakase? Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think I think Peyton at Mission Pizza in in North Carolina, he has a pizza case like menu. Almost positive. He, I thought I saw him post something like this. So it's kind of like omakase where the chef just makes something for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Like it's uh, you know, I, I I hope you know 
hopefully people, th that's one great thing about a local family owned or, you know, privately owned spot. They trust you, you know, and there, there's a lot of trust in that to be like, I'm going to go somewhere, but I don't know what the hell I'm going to have. Like when I go out to eat, I'm looking at the menu two weeks in advance. A, I don't want to miss anything. And I just want to be, oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. Like, you know, and to put that amount of trust in somebody is like remarkable, you know? It seems like you're a huge foodie. And I guess I want to ask you, do you ever see like a fine dining type of pizza place ever coming into fruition? You know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of hope not in a weird way. Like, I don't want it to, be, you know, I, there's just something about the feel of like a pizzeria. And I don't necessarily know if that's fine dining. You know, it's then you get into the whole fork and knife thing, right? And then, then people are going to lose their minds. But, you know, I think like Marta in Manhattan, I think is like a fine dining, like kind of pizza experience that when I went there, it definitely felt that way. It, it didn't feel like a pizzeria. It felt like I was eating like really good pizza in a high end restaurant. It wasn't like coming here and like settling into a booth and we can like smell the tomato sauce and smell the garlic. Like there's just something about that. Like, cause in the same trip, I went to best pizza in Brooklyn and I'm like, this is a pizzeria, you know? That's a great point. I mean, I always love pizza for the fact that it's super inclusive of people. You don't have to be super rich. It's a food that vegetarians and vegans can eat if you put the right toppings on it. And I, I would hate for fine dining to push away certain people fine dining pizza to push away certain people to not be able to try it. I would, I would love to see some type of hybrid that could work. Yeah. And you know, and you know, fine dining has its moments. I don't think, you know, with fine dining also, it's kind of like an event, like you go there for your birthday or whatever. I think pizza is an everyday thing. It's like you're saying, it's an everyday, every person, every man, every woman, every child, every whatever. I just want people to eat it. However they do. You can, there's a gas station right across the street from me. I'm looking at it right now. You can get pizza there if you want, you know, like, why are you going to come to me across the street and spend 10 times as much than it costs for the pizza at the gas station? Hopefully there's more to it. You know, my experience, my, you know, my care that I, my attention to detail, all of those things, hopefully that's, that's the difference, you know, but it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's worth the extra 10 X to get your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Chris, uh, we are wrapping up uh, shortly. Um, I, I do want to ask you two questions before we do, though. Uh, yeah. What's one mistake that people can avoid in the pizza business? I think people make a big mistake, not necessarily in the pizza business, but in just restaurants when they're not present. I think being in the restaurant is the most important thing. Like I said before, like if you're coming, you know, if you're coming here, I want to make the pizza. I think it's important that I'm here, too. Not that people know who I am or anything like that. But I think it's just, if you invest in something and you invest all your time, you should be there. And I think a lot of people think, well, I'm going to have a restaurant so I can go do something else, you know, so I can have more free time or whatever. And, you know, I, I hear that, like, they're just like, well, I'm just going to, I had this restaurant, but it didn't work out. But I'm like, well, you know, what happened? They're like, well, I couldn't do this. And I couldn't do that, but they were never there. I think being like showing up is the most important thing and actually like being present and putting your hands in the dough and answering the phone and talking to the guests. Like if you're not, and I'm not a hundred percent a people person and I'm Steve, when you come to the restaurant or, and a lot of people see, I literally hide behind the pizza boxes because I'm just not that I don't have that in me, but I'm always here and I'm accessible. So I think that's the most important thing. You need to be there and be present. I love how you explained it. That's such a great, 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 great viewpoint. I was going to ask you as a follow-up, how do you, do you have anything that you do to be present to like kind of ground yourself to be there, to make sure that 
you're focused? Being covered in flour every day shows that I'm present. You know, it, it shows I'm not, you know, I'm in the trenches with these guys and I'm not doing anything that I don't expect anyone else to do. And I don't necessarily expect anyone to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day or whatever, like I do that, that. That's, I know that that's crazy. Like that part of the business is crazy. And I'm, and I'm working on that to try to not like work, work like 14 hours a day. Like, okay, you can be at the restaurant, but you don't have to necessarily be grinding like that. You know, I told Jen the other day, I'm like, sooner or later, this is going to break down. <laughs> like I'm just getting old, you know, but um, to, to be present is to actually be hands-on. You know, and that that's a grounding thing to take a dough ball out of the tray and, and stretch it. And, you know, you kind of realize, OK, what what am I doing here? What's my goal? What you know, what do we hope to do? And when you really stop and think about it, like I think some of it is I'm so used to doing it like I can do. I don't even have to watch what I'm doing anymore. And I think I have to kind of like reel myself in to be like, okay, focus on this and don't think about those 10 other things while you're making this piece. So I think that's where making it every day and being on the line every day kind of grounds me and makes me focus on, on what I'm doing. I, that, that's what I do to, to keep myself humble and, you know, trying to, to, to do the right thing is just staying there and, and focusing on that one part of the, this business. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yesterday I was making pizza and my wife was like, you should probably serve an appetizer too. So I started, you know, heating up some pasta sauce. And because I took my mind off the pizza, I burnt the crust a little bit. And I was like, shit. Yeah. I love burnt crust. <laughs> I would have eaten oh, it. Oh yeah, I, I hate it. it. I love it. I love it charred. <laughs> and you know, I, I've told this story a couple of times, so forgive me, but like there's just something, you know, so many things just aren't handmade anymore, you know, and what we do as pizza makers, it's still handmade and we're still making something with our hands. And, and, I, and I've said this a million times, there's just something so gratifying about making something with your hands and giving that food to somebody and them eating it and like loving it and seeing them smile. And like John, when he talks about them, like eating it, and if that becomes like a part of them, it's, it's like, when you break it down to that, it's really, really deep, you know? And there's not a lot of things like you can, you can buy handmade pottery and you can, you know, those types of, but we're actually like making something with our hands and you're taking it into your body. It's, it's wild when you think about that and the trust that people have in you to do that. Like, I don't put a lot of stuff other than coffee that we talked about. I don't put a lot of other things in my body besides coffee and pizza and ice cream. So I, I really try to take, <laughs> take those things seriously. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it, there, there's just something so beautiful about something handmade. It's, it doesn't have to be beautiful looking. Like I like it when it's a little funky looking too. Like I love jacked up. Like I like that, like burn marks and thin spots. And like, I like that. And like, it, that like turns me on with, with food. You know, I like it to be a little, as much as I like fine dining and like it to look pretty. I like it to be a little effed up too. You know, I just like it to be like a little off. <laughs> I love that. Um, Mike uh, from over at Rose Hill Sourdough is, has encouraged me to just, you know, be proud of my burnt stuff. And yeah, I've been posting, you know, uh, charred pizza. I'll probably post the one that I did yesterday too. And just because at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Please yeah, do. we're feeding people. It's going inside of them. You know, I fed my cousin with that pizza and he loved it. And so it's a great thing to, to have made with my hands so thank you for sharing that you know that these hands movement and everything it's it's so important you know it's so so important like what these hands do every day and your hands do and everyone's hands across america like we feed people 
you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, you know, and uh, people need it, you know, and not only they need it, they want it. And that's, you know, that that's the other beautiful thing. There's so many pizzerias across this country now, and so many of them are doing amazing, amazing things, connecting with them and, and talking to you, you know, and try to bridge that gap between all of these people. Is, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's remarkable. And people talk about it all the time, like the fraternity or sorority or however, you know, this group of pizza makers. It's really, really a special place, you know. And I, I, don't, I don't take it lightly, like, at all. I just last week on my, I had one day off and I met a guy that was here from Colorado that has a pizzeria up there, Anthony D'Souza, that is an amazing, amazing person. And we sat in the sun for two hours. That's why I'm wearing a hat because I got sunburned because it's 100 degrees here in Las Vegas already. But I got like an amazing like sunburn and I, I could feel my skin like scorching in the sun. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. You know, we're just talking business and talking pizza. And like, you know, at that moment, I didn't even care. You know, it was just, it's, uh, I'll talk to you about pizza all day long, every day, all day. It's a, a beautiful thing. Uh, like no, no bullshit. Like you just gave me like the most warm, satisfying feeling in my stomach. Like I'm so lucky to be here with you right now. So, and just, yeah. yeah. And just hearing that. Pizza brought us together, you know, like we, if, you know, it, it, it's just, it's done so many things for me. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's just an amazing, amazing tool to, to bring people together. It really is. You know, um, we've seen, you know, people come into the restaurant and they're upset or, you know, we've catered funerals and all those things. They order pizza, you know, it's wild. They want to feel better, you know? And, uh, I think that's, that's what it's all about. You know, uh, you know, of course we all have our days where there's customer this or customer that, but at the end of the day, you got one or two stinkers. How you got a thousand other people that you made happy, you know? So I love that. Life is good. Life is great, especially with pizza. Yeah. And uh, final question for you: What's one thing you want to leave the audience with today? And I don't want to sound like I'm preaching or anything, but you know, be good to each other. And just I, we're we're really lucky, and a lot of people are great to each other in this industry. You know, everyone reaches out and touches everybody, and uh, you know, keep that going. You know. Let's, I hear people all the time say, wow, what you guys have is amazing. Let's keep making it amazing. You know, let's keep improving, you know, and keep pushing each other and keep being better and support each other. And, you know, there's so many great pizzerias in this town. I tell people all the time, go there, go there, go there, you know, spread the love, you know, and uh, just keep supporting each other. You know, I, I, it, it is good. I can't wait to see everyone at Expo. It was great to do the, the New York pizza festival, like virtually and, you know, it's nothing, nothing will ever beat making pizzas on the street in little Italy in the Bronx. Like nothing will ever beat that feeling. That's probably the best I've felt ever making pizza. You know, we got to do it virtually. Hopefully soon again, we'll all be together. And, you know, once we get that, we realize how much we do need each other. You know, we realized that over this time, you know, everyone's like, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to hug. I can't wait to do this. Me either, man. You know, I can't wait. So uh, keep, uh, keep the positivity and lose all that negativity. Chris. Thank you so, so much for your time today. Everything you said was just so eye-opening. And I think I think people are going to get a lot of value from this. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if anyone's got any questions about anything, whatever, you, you don't have to uh, bombard John. You can call me <laughs> or text me. I'll take some of the heat off of him. <laughs> you're, you're too good. You're too good. All right, brother. Well, you have a good rest of your day. Um, I'm Appreciate sure you, you will. Man. Yeah. Thank you, man. It was good take to care. see you. Bye. All right. Chris, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with me. 
I feel like such a lucky person having learned from you. So thank you. To you, the listener. Oh my goodness, you made it this far. And now you are a better person having been educated from Chris. He's such a knowledgeable person. And so we got to do our part and share the good vibes. So I need you to do a couple things. One, like I said, share this episode. You can share it on Instagram, Facebook. You can use Apple Podcasts and Spotify and hit the share button and bam, so easy to do. And it will make the world's difference in making this place just a more beautiful pizza pop and positivital place. Hopefully you accept the word positivital. Second, find Chris on IG at Everything But Anchovies, social links in the show notes, and let him know what's good dough. I also want to give a special shout out to my pod squad, y'all. They've been putting in work, making sure that these episodes are good. And I just want to give them a special thanks. Also, shout out to my producers, my video editors. You all are amazing. Sevi, Tristan, I love y'all like family because you are. If you haven't done so already, please leave me some feedback. You can do that in three ways. One, if you listen to Apple Podcast, leave a rating and try to make it beautiful. Number two, fill out the podcast survey listed in the description. It's a Google survey. It's anonymous. You can tell me how you really feel. And then three, you can always message me on IG. My Instagram is listed on the show notes and we can chat there. All right. I appreciate you again for listening. Thank you so much for the support and the love and the share and the listen and for just learning with me. Because at the end of the day, we can learn so much from one another if we just shut up and listen like Chris. So thank you. Have a great day. Till next time. Peace.